<laughs> Happy Sunday. I hope you guys are ready to laugh with me. Not really. We might be getting a little bit serious today in some aspects, but welcome back to the best podcast in the world. Brunch with Des B. I'm your host, Des, also known as Des B. And the B is for boy mama. <laughs> I always use that now, but it's just kind of cute to me. Okay. I hope that you guys are having a great day. And again, happy Sunday to you. Thanks for hanging out with me, at least for the time being. If you haven't already grab a drink, this podcast is for funsies. Um, we're just here hanging out. I'm, I'm literally just sitting here. You guys know the drill. I don't have a script. I don't have really anything. Um, once I feel the motivation to go record, I just pick the topic that sounds really fun to talk about and and we just go after it. So um, that, that's kind of what you guys are in for here. If you're new here by any chance, which if you are welcome, um, we just have fun. If you guys aren't new here, you know the drill. We're here to have fun. <laughs> so it really all just works out 100%. Today, super excited for the episode to come. But before we jump into that, as always, jump in to the show notes. Um, you guys know that I always put all the new stuff in the show notes, whether it's programs, merch, um, announcements, links, um, other podcasts that you might like, you know, whatever it might be, show notes are where you're going to want to kind of like look while you're listening, like kind of take a gander real quick. If nothing pertains to you, X out, not a big deal. But that's where I tend to put a lot of housekeeping stuff versus wasting time here doing it. If I had a co-captain, I would probably sit here and talk and like shoot the shit for a few minutes. But just being a solo podcaster, other than like when I have guests on, I just like don't feel like wasting time doing that. So um, that's that's pretty much that. So um, anyways, this week's podcast, super exciting. I did this before and I'm doing it again. Advice from Des B. So obviously guys, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not someone who knows your situation inside and out, right? However, I'm opening up the floor for you guys to send in some things that maybe you just want my advice from. Um, and I think that this is fun because everyone has different outlooks on things, right? So to hear maybe uh, an outlook that I have about your situation could be something that maybe like you didn't think of it that way or whatever it might be. So I'm just here to have a little bit of fun. Some of your guys' submissions are fun. Some of them like are not fun, meaning they're, they're more serious. So whatever you guys kind of take from this episode, just, just take it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a buffet. Eat what you like. Don't eat what you don't. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. in my drink. You guys know I'm always drinking my sparkling water. Ooh, it's about to explode. Oh shit. Got it. God, there's nothing. Nah, maybe a few things, but there's, there's a, only a few other things that piss me off more than when you open a drink and you don't expect like it to bubble up and explode and it just fucking sprays everywhere. That, that pisses me off. Pisses me off so hard. Let me take a sip. Mm. Ah. A few days ago, Maddox turned three months old. Crazy, crazy bitch. It's been three months since I gave birth and only one month since I was supposed to. So time really flies when you are sleep deprived. Am I right? 
All right. Yeah, I'm right. Okay. So where do we want to dive in again? I I'm just kind of like going through you guys's, um, submissions. Let's, let's start out kind of fun. Let's start out fun. Let's fun. Let's it's fun. Do you guys smoke weed? <laughs> um, so answer is yes, but also let me explain. Wyatt is more of an avid smoker than I am. Um, only because number one, he can right now. And number two, when I've smoked, I've had like bad experiences. Should I say not smoked, but edibles? I really started um, smoking or like, should I even say trying it my sophomore year of college? Tried it once. Um, I got way too fucking high. And like, I didn't know what high felt like. So I was fucking terrified. Wyatt smoked quite a bit during college, but mostly because he was a college athlete you need something to take the edge off. You know what I mean? It's a lot to do that. Um, and it wasn't like a reoccurring daily thing, but he just did it more than I did. Once we were in Florida, we both kind of took on the hobby a little bit more. I realized that it helped me really decompress, especially with being on social media all the time, working all the time. It was like kind of one of those things where I was like, holy shit, I can sleep. So I kind of just took it before bed to help me like loosen up to literally go to bed. Um, however, since that experience in Florida, I smoked once and I started to get into edibles and wow, edibles sent me. And by I mean sent, I thought I was being sent to heaven or hell because I thought I was dying. Edibles are definitely broken down differently by your body. So the way that you actually intake the actual THC metabolizes different to where like edible high is way different. Um, if anything, for me, I, again, whoever else has had this experience, I literally tripped on edibles. I, I wasn't just high. I was fucking seeing stuff. Um, so ever since then, after we got back from Florida and like moved back home, I literally got pregnant. So I haven't really, I literally have not smoked since why it does. Sometimes I think that it's, it's not a big deal at all. Um, in my opinion, weed should be definitely decriminalized and legalized everywhere. So, um, that's that, that was kind of fun, right? weed. <laughs> Let me know who else for twenties up in here. You know what I'm saying? Um, okay. So here's another one. This one's a little bit more serious and I've got these from a few of you guys around the same situation. So this woman here says recently I've felt my boyfriend is not the one, but I'm afraid to break up with him and hurt him. So in terms of situations where you guys might be in relationships that you feel like there's a lot of time invested into it to where there's fear of leaving it, um, totally makes sense. I mean, I was in that situation back in high school, which sounds like, like I was a kid, but it was a pretty serious relationship at that point for like where I was in my life, where when it came down to really having to make that decision myself, um, and being like, wow, here I'm stepping away from a four year relationship, even though I was young, it was still hard. Um, and I think it only gets harder as you get older because that natural thought process of losing hope, you know, oh my God, I'm never going to find someone. You think that you aren't. So nowadays because of social media, everyone thinks that if you don't have your shit together by 24, you're fucked. And that's only because again, social media, um, myself included. I mean, you guys might look at me. I'm 25. I have a kid now. I'm married. I have my own house. Don't compare yourself to that because that's not, I'm not the standard. It's not okay. You have to turn 25 and do all these things. So that's one piece of, I feel like why people are scared to break up with long-term 
relationships is because you just invested so much time into it and you're like, oh my God, now I have to find someone else to invest that same amount of time in to make sure that, that I'm ready for them, you know? So I understand the natural fear. Um, however, if you have it in your heart that this person is not the one, there's not a lot you can salvage. There's really not. If that natural sexual desire, um, you know, just their presence, if that stuff starts to bother you, like to a point of resentment or like, ew, you're annoying all the time, not just like a typical, we've been together a long time. Like we had our, we had a bad day or whatever, then it's just not worth continuing. Um, and I say that because I look back at the relationships that I was gonna stay in and I think, Oh my God, Oh my God, (laughs) that would have really fucked me up because I would not be here right now. Like here in this spot with everything, kid, husband, house, et cetera. So I understand where that, that natural scare comes of leaving that relationship. But if you're not fulfilled, I can promise you it's not going to get better. So take it how you need to communicate that how you need to, you know, if there's something you can fix in the relationship, but it comes down to you just telling your partner like, Hey, this needs to change. Then there is a, a, you know, hope for the relationship. But if it's things out of your control, then it's just, it's not worth it. So, um, I promise you guys, like when you meet that person, you will know, and just, just really trust that. Okay. Next, do you have a self care routine? What does it look like for you? Um, I do ish wouldn't say it's necessarily a routine um because it's ever changing now (laughs) maybe before um Maddox was here I would constantly have a routine like literally my everyday was just like habitual but ever since he got here I've had to have a lot of patience of changing that and allowing that to change day to day which is definitely new for me so I would say now my self-routine, my self-care routine looks more like waking up, taking care of Maddox, because obviously he comes first. After that, when I have the chance, like I still do all my skincare. I still floss. I still do like my teeth brushing. I still take care of my hygiene. That for me is my self-care, like taking my shower, brushing my hair. Like it hits different when you're a mom. Like it really just feels good to take care of yourself and get clean, especially after being like pissed on all day or puked on. So that's number one. And number two, probably my time to work out. Again, this changes a lot day to day because sometimes Maddox sleeps, other times he wakes up and I have to be there for him. So that's a little bit more fluid, but taking care of myself physically, like pampering, and then also physically as in working out, those are two things that I'm always making sure I'm keeping in my routine. Um, Again, my workout for the day might just be a 30 minute full body workout, but that's still my self care. Um, so that's definitely what my routine looks like, but I wouldn't say that you necessarily have to have a day-to-day routine. It's just for my advice to you guys is like, have that one thing two to three times a week that you always do. And it might even be as simple as like going to fucking target and like walking around. But if it brings you joy and gets your mind out of other things, that's what you need to do. Next. Um, okay. Going into my last semester of college, I have no idea what to do. Help girl. I totally feel you there. Um, I will say I knew what I wanted to do in college only because of my injury in high school. When I blew out my ACL 
and got into like college classes for health and anatomy and physiology, I knew I wanted to continue that in college, right? So I kind of had a little bit of a guideline, but I was at my junior year of college when I decided to switch what I was going to do. So I was just about to start applying for grad school for a doctoral of physical therapy. And I randomly just decided not to, and then pursue corporate wellness, which then triggered into everything that I'm doing now. So I can't say that I really knew exactly what I was going to do when I was about to graduate either. I kind of was just like, okay, fuck, I have a degree. Let's ride. So if you are going into your last semester of college, just start tapping into yourself. You know what, again, what makes you happy? What do you enjoy doing? Um, when you do something that makes you feel good, mark that down, you know, and then start to figure out how you can evolve into it, whether it be a role at a job or a position somewhere or whatever. And I think it's important too, when you guys come out of college, anyone comes out of college, y'all, we gotta, we gotta scrub the toilets before we can manage the janitor. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's no shade to janitor, just an expression. So we have to be in a shitty position in a job in order to have the ability to move up to what we want. So you're not gonna come out of college being at the top tier sales position, manager position, CEO, whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. You have to work from the ground up. So don't don't place yourself in the category where you have to work like an entry level job and you're like, oh my God, I fucked up. Why did I go to college? You still have the opportunity to grow more than someone who didn't go to college. Nowadays though, going to college versus not sadly, there's not a huge discriminator between that, um, unless you're in certain job fields. And that's cool. I think it's awesome that people that didn't go to college still have the opportunity to succeed. However, it is a pain in the ass when you go to college and you're like, really, I could have fucking done this without being thousands of dollars in debt. Um, so don't worry about having an idea of what you want to do. And even if you guys are out there post-college, you know, you're just skimming through some jobs. Don't worry if it's not what you want to do yet. Cause I promise you at some point you're going to have a realization or you're going to have an experience that turns around that turns that around for you. So enjoy the time that you're in right now, because I promise you also, once you have a family, once you're continuously growing up and you know, you're doing more and more, you're going to be like, oh fuck, I wish I was in the phase of college where I just didn't even fucking know what to do. You'll never get that time back again. So enjoy your last semester. Don't let it stress you out. Just enjoy the ride. Um, and I promise you that it'll all kind of come full circle. <laughs> um, let's see another good one. Okay. Here, this is kind of popular right now. I know I have a lot of new moms following me and hopefully, hopefully new moms. Um, also like just here, you know, maybe you're new pregnant or something like that. Um, so how do I tell my in-laws I want them to get the flu shot and Tdap before meeting my newborn? Um, so number one, I have also a lot of questions about postpartum, all these things. Um, a week or two ago, forgive me, I don't remember which one, I did record a postpartum podcast. So I was very open about my experience postpartum, um, just kind of, you know, even up upwards to like sexual, you know, how that experience is for me now, everything in between. So if you guys are interested in that postpartum, you know, intercourse, emotions, um, tiredness, like everything in between, I am very vulnerable in that podcast. So check that out. Now getting back to the flu shot, 
Tdap. Um, this is a little difficult, and I only say that because some people are very, very against any form of shot. And I, I get it. To each their own. We all have um, different beliefs. We all are educated differently. Um, and that's okay. I wish that there was just like a one-stop shop to say, Hey, this is okay. Hey, this isn't, but there's just a lot of contradicting evidence, not even evidence, just situations, conversation on both sides of the spectrum for vaccines versus not. And I'm not going to get into that here. Cause you know, again, everyone can do their own research and have their own opinions. That's totally okay. Um, so to tell your in-laws, that you want them to get shots is a little bit more difficult. Um, how I went about it instead, Wyatt and I did get a flu shot. I got Tdap my 20 set at 27 weeks. I did, you know, just like as a mom. Um, so I was good, but I did get a flu shot and so did Wyatt. Most of the reason was because we did have a premature child. So it's way more high risk than a full term baby. However, babies are still babies. We need to take care of them and protect them from all these new diseases and immunodeficient diseases. I don't even know. You guys get it. <laughs> um, so to tell them that you want them to get literal shots is a little bit more difficult. Well, how we went about it, um, number one, we are only having our immediate family meet him, period. If anyone wants to like come by and look at him through the window, like like a Lion King moment, sure, feel free, but no one else is touching him. Um, even our immediate family, they're not getting close to his face. No one's kissing my fucking kid. Um, and when they are around Maddox and by when around them, meaning like breathing on them within kind of that like six foot range, looking over them, they always have a mask on. Um, and again, immediate family only. So why it's mom and dad, my mom and dad, my sister, and my brother. Um, so that is a, a way to kind of go about that. Um, obviously proper hygiene and especially right now masking are two things that are really going to eliminate the opportunity to spread these. Is it tech? Is it a disease virus? There we go. Virus, right? So instead of maybe, you know, you can maybe approach them about getting the flu shot in Tdap if they're open to that. But if for some reason they're like, oh, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not getting the shot. I've never fucking done it. I'm not getting the shot. I'm going to get sick, whatever it might be. Then just tell them, okay, um, well, no matter what, then you guys are going to have to mask and make sure that your hands are always washed before touching him and you are not allowed, you know, your face next to him, period. So that could be a way to get around it. Cause again, not everyone's going to want to get a shot. And even with my preemie baby, we didn't make people get shots, but again, that's just our immediate family. Next, uh, I hope you guys are liking these. They're always fun. I just, I like chatting with you all and it's always fun. <laughs> um, okay. Here's a, here's a fun question. When doing supersets, is it rude to use multiple equipment at once? Um, I think this is kind of in between number one, read the fucking room. If it's 6 PM on a weeknight and there's massive people, don't be an asshole. Um, I think the only way that you can kind of get around that in a peak time at a gym is using a machine and then having dumbbells next to it. Not necessarily using two pieces of machinery, if that makes sense. Um, but again, kind of spacing it out is going to be ideal. Um, if you cannot superset by some reason, like say that you have adductor machine and leg press, right? And you're like, oh fuck. Okay. Well, instead of doing those back to back, break them up, 
do leg press, superset it with like some jump lunges, and then break up your adductors, use the adductor machine, and then maybe use your band and do abductors. So you can always break it up. I think it's important for you guys, anyone, to realize that you are allowed to change your workouts. I know that they're written down. Even if you um, like follow one of my app programs, I know that it's out. I know that you have a full plan in front of you, but you're always allowed to change that program. Workouts are like blueprints. Where you're going to see the most progress is going to be what you're doing in the kitchen. What are you eating? What are you doing with nutrition? So if you have to switch around your workouts because your gym is too packed or whatever, by all means. But if it's a not crowded gym and it's like, you know, a ghost town in there during a less peak time, don't feel like an asshole using multiple equipment. Just make sure um, you're wiping it down. <laughs> okay, next one. Um, how to find your crew as an adult who moved to the middle of nowhere. Felt that because that's what happened to me when I was in Florida. Um, I had absolutely no one. And to be honest, throughout the whole time, I was in Florida. I still had no one. I would definitely recommend you, number one, listening to my podcast. This is like one of my first four or five podcasts. Um, it was Making Friends is Hard. Um, and that is, that's a good one to kind of listen to. But I think it's important to realize that as you get older, your crew is going to get smaller, just naturally. Um, you're going to not have as much time to have those big loads of friends as you get deep into your career, deep in relationships, families, whatever. So, don't feel like you need a hundred pennies. All you need is four shiny quarters or even, even fuck two silver dollars. You know what I mean? You don't need a lot of people. You need those people who are going to really support you deep to the core. So finding those people can look like things like Facebook groups. Um, I know like for moms, there's the app called peanut for, um, friends. I think there's like almost a bumble app, like for finding friends. Um, you can join Facebook groups. Like I said, you can do Instagram, look at locations, creep on people. I know it's weird, but look at those people that tag the gym that you go to or tag the library that you sit at, whatever it might be. Um, and you can just start to communicate with them. I will say sometimes it can still be really difficult. Um, but it's definitely something that you're just going to have to kind of flow with. But if anyone ever reaches out and they're like, Hey, I want to get coffee. I know for me, I want to, and then I'm like, oh, I don't feel like leaving my house. Like I'm very much an extrovert while being introverted, if that makes sense. So if someone says, hey, yeah, I'd love to meet up. Let's do it Thursday. Don't chicken out. Don't not do it. Just fucking make the time for it. Go out and have fun. Because even if you guys don't continue a best friend friendship, you still got out of the house, had some good socialization, had some good conversation. And I feel like you always leave those situations feeling a little bit full. Okay. So definitely take the time to hang out with those people that do reach out to you. Don't like stay at home. Because <laughs> I know it's really easy to do. The time comes where you're supposed to leave. You're like, oh, fuck. I don't want to leave. So I totally get it, but just like, don't. Okay. Um, let's see. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> is it possible a nine inch cock is too big? Like what is, what is going on in these questions guys? Oh my God. Um, okay. This is kind of fun. Opinion on OnlyFans, how about when in a relationship? 
OnlyFans is very interesting to me. Number one, let's make it clear. OnlyFans isn't just for like sex workers. I believe that's the right terminology of it. I think if you do kind of like soft porn, porn, you are technically called a sex worker. Please feel free to educate me if I am wrong, but that's just what I've seen on like Twitter and other people kind of chatting about it. So please let me know. I'm totally here to learn, but I think that's the terminology. Um, It's not just for those kind of people though. It is for anyone. It's just awkwardly it's now assumed that that's what you're doing. So I know that some people do OnlyFans for like workouts and stuff. Um, But again, you hear the word OnlyFans, you're like, oh, they're probably putting out porn. Um, So uh, OnlyFans, number one, I mean, I think for the people that are in the position to embrace it, absolutely go for it. Um, I wish I could do it. I can't say I would do it publicly. Like if I were to have an OnlyFans at any point in my life, I would do it secretly And you like, no one would know it was me. Like I would be faceless. Does that make sense? However, for people that can be like a legit person on there, you know, their, their whole self go for it. Um, people make hella fucking money off of it. And I think that a lot of people hate on it because they get jealous of it. I'll admit I'm jealous of it. I wish I could just put pictures out like that and make hella money hundred percent. But for me, I personally wouldn't feel comfortable doing it period. I also am married and I now have a kid. So very different things. Would I have even done it earlier in my life? No. Cause it's just, it's not, it's just not me, not me. It doesn't mean that it's not someone else. Um, I think in a relationship it's, it's just totally up to you and your partner and how you view that. Um, however, I think it's important when you do do it in a relationship to look at it both sides. So just because you do it as a woman, um, how would you feel if your partner was doing it? You know what I mean? So making sure you're on the same page, um, is I think the most important part because you'd hate to play double standards to where then your boyfriend's like, Hey, I want to sell some dick pics. And you're like, um, no, or, you know, girls start commenting or subscribing. And you're like, yeah, fuck that. And it leads to tension in your relationship. That's the last thing you want. So if it creates issues, opinion, no. Um, Overall opinion, good for you guys. Like I said, wish I could do it. It's just not me and that's totally okay. Um, but get get that money. <laughs> um, okay. You guys got some really good advice that you guys like need. Super pumped. Um, ooh, is it bad to move in with your boyfriend before getting engaged? Absolutely not. I definitely do when I, when White and I moved in together, we were only technically dating. I did not want to move in with him because I really did want to wait till marriage, but because he was moving to Florida, I like, I was not going to not be with him again. We had already done long-term or long distance relationships for a long term of time. So I was like, okay, that ain't it. Um, so we decided to move in together during this time though, before we went, um, I, we were very open in communication about like, okay, are we taking the next step? Like, what does this look like? Because I'm not just going to be sitting here helping with rent, helping with this, helping with that. We're splitting stuff. And then there's no commitment to that next level. So I told him, and by this point we were dating for three and a half years, almost four, maybe four. Yeah. Three and a half, sorry, three and a half years. And, um, so I told him like, you know, Hey, um, we're going to need to be engaged within six months. Like I gave him that, like I really did because for me at that point of time, um, how long we were dating. And by the way, I do think it was four and a half. 
it was to the point where like, if we're not going to commit, this isn't it. So I put a timeline on it. Um, but I do think it's important to still draw those boundaries and not let it turn into just a constant sleepover because a lot of men, this is not to be like direct, but a lot of men will just get comfortable with you being there and helping all the time. And all of us, you know, we're all pitching in on bills. We're, we're cleaning the house together, whatever it might be. And it just gets normal. So you want to just make sure that there's those boundaries taught to where you guys are on the same page. (sighs) Does that make sense? I hope so. Um, okay. Hmm. How do you get not bored in a long-term relationship? So that is a little bit difficult because I don't think in a long-term relationship you should get bored because at some point you should always be growing together. Therefore you kind of change, um, if that makes sense. So it should be like an always evolution. Um, but I will say just making sure that you guys are constantly communicating will definitely avoid boredom in the relationship. Because if there's ever a point where something is wrong or you're not feeling something, talk about it, talk about it. And I know it's so awkward. And even myself and Wyatt, we're not perfect. Sometimes we don't talk to him. I'm sorry. We don't talk like I don't talk to him. He doesn't talk to me directly about things that are bothering us. Maybe it bottles up and then we finally talk and then it's okay. But I think a lot of it comes down to communication as well as keeping things fun, doing fun things together, taking adventures together. Even if it's just to a local state park, like do fun things that make life together fun. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to realize too, like we all don't live the lifestyle of like Kim Kardashian. So to be just grateful for those small things we do get to do with our, our significant others, we just have to, to make sure, right? <laughs> um, this one's really interesting. So I'm going to go ahead and do this. Let me, okay. I'm in the exercise science program and I got flagged for plagiarism on one sentence. They're trying to give me an F in the class for it instead of just the assignment. I'm trying to decide whether I should push for an appeal because I only have one semester left until graduation. I feel like I should be given some grace as a as I assumed my statement was common knowledge. If I don't appeal, I will not be able to graduate in their program. So essentially I'm so lost and feel like a disappointment right now. So number one, who the fuck didn't plagiarize during college? Okay. Maybe not plagiarizing, but who didn't paraphrase? Like college is fucking hard. Essays are hard. So don't feel like you did something that no one else did. Please, please fucking don't. Um, I will say I would push for an appeal only because if you don't graduate on time, that's just a pain in the ass. And then guess who you have to pay? You have to pay the fucking college more money because you have to redo a class or you have to redo a semester. So I would definitely push for an appeal. Um, and again, make it, you know, Hey, this, this is the, um, what is it called? The source. Here's the source that I used. Um, and I just, I kind of thought that this was paraphrased enough or like that this made sense. I'm sorry. I didn't add fucking quotations. You know, it's, it's college. It's not like you're writing for a goddamn magazine or whatever. So I would definitely push for an appeal and please don't feel like a disappointment. I know it's like, it's embarrassing when stuff like that happens, but I promise you it's something that you'll never remember. So don't, don't sweat it at all. Here's another one. Hmm. How does, (laughs) 
How does Wyatt handle Maddox when he's fussy? My hubby gets angry when the baby cries. Let me take a drink first. (laughs) So Wyatt does pretty well. I think it's important for us women to realize that men are just different. Men don't have the same maternal instinct for a reason. We are moms. We are the fucking alpha. Okay. Part 550 of why like women are fucking superior to men. Um, but I, I would say why it does get very annoyed, very easy. So as moms, I feel like we have a lot of patience, you know, the baby's crying. We're like, shh, shh, shh. It's okay. I got you. And the dads are just like, what's going, what, what's wrong? What is wrong? And they just try to hurry up and like change the diaper. And it's like, Hey, you got to take a second, you know, just cover up his wee wee and talk to him for a second, you know, soothe him. But instead they just, they want to get back to their life. Right. And they don't realize like, Oh yeah, this is my life every fucking day. So I wouldn't say that why it gets angry, but it's definitely an annoyance thing. Cause it's like, why is he crying? And they cannot soothe him the way that we can, or like he cannot soothe the baby the way that a woman can soothe the baby. So it's kind of like, he's like, even this morning, Maddox was wailing. I mean, he must've just been fucking hungry and Wyatt was trying to soothe him. And I'm like, okay, like here, just give him to me. Cause I, I was doing a few things. I pick him up, bro. He stops. He fucking halts. When I tell you he slammed on the brakes crying, he was done. And why it was just, you could tell why it was annoyed that I had that like magic touch, right? But that's who we are. We're, we're women, we're moms, we're badasses, right? So I wouldn't say to like, look at your husband, like, oh, you're a fucking dick, but it's definitely natural. Cause I've looked at why I'm like, why are you so mean? Like he's crying, but they're not built with the same instincts, period. Um, so just accept that and know that your baby will always love you more. <laughs> okay next um uh okay these are some of them are just so fun Hmm. how do you keep going on the really bad days this is interesting because what is what is a bad day to you your bad day is going to be different than my bad day right a bad day is relative is it you got called into work Or is it your baby fucking pissed on you and then threw up right after? You know what I mean? Like there's differences in bad days, obviously. Um, What keeps me going though, no matter what, like on a bad day is like literally knowing there's more days to come. (laughs) And I know that sounds so cliche, but remembering that it's a bad day, not a bad life. I know it's like the same phrase you see on every fucking Hobby Lobby wall art, but it's so accurate because- when you look at the grand scheme of things, think of all the great things that have happened in your life. How many of the specific bad days do you remember? Now, granted, we all go through sometimes traumatic events. That's a bad day and that's probably a day we remember. But I'm talking the day where like you got cut off in traffic or you had to work an extra hour um, instead of getting let off at your shift time. How many of those days do you remember versus the great days that have happened in your life? Exactly. That's my point. So remembering that there's more days to come is probably the biggest key for me, at least, because I know that even on what feels like the worst day, 
there's always a better day to come. And it's just kind of like the lottery. You have to wake up and be like, is today the best day? Is today the best day? Is today the best day? Is today the breakthrough? And before you know it, you're going to have one and you'll have an amazing day. And then the next day might be fucking dog shit. And you know what? That doesn't mean that the day before was canceled out. That means you still had a great day. So don't forget it. Um, okay. Another one I just had to mention. Someone said they didn't realize that my sister was younger than me. Interesting. My sister is 15 months younger than me. So we are like a year and a few months apart. Um, yeah, we're, we're pretty close though. Pretty nice that we are close in age too. We really, we literally grew up, um, side by side, which is really cool. I always miss her a lot. Um, okay. Last few, number one, um, kind of like talking here about social media, getting affiliated with companies. And then another person asks like how to grow your social media. So to kind of combine them together, um, Hmm. Let's start number one with how to grow your social media. Eh, let's start with the up opposite way around getting affiliated into then how to grow. Let's do that. Um, so how to grow or how to get affiliated with companies. The first few companies I ever got affiliated with, and I'm talking, this is back in 2016. All right. The only companies out there guys were literally, um, quest nutrition, um, a company called rev labs that I was actually with Unico nutrition, who I was with for a little bit. Um, clothing live sore kind of CrossFit. Um, Noble had just started. Fleo had just started, but there wasn't like a lot of like Gymshark, Elf Elite, Buff Bunny Collection, all this stuff there that like didn't exist. So the first few companies I wanted to partner with were more so nutrition, right? Like protein and stuff like that. Um, how I got affiliated with them was tagging them in my posts. Again, this is 2016 guys. Social media, Instagram is so fucking different now, especially the fact that it's a goddamn shopping mall app, not a photo app anymore. So I'll get to that in a second, but, um, getting affiliated with them at first, I did reach out to them. You know, I would email them, Hey guys, would you like to do a giveaway together or something like that? It's a little bit different nowadays. I would say, um, cause you can't always reach people via DM. So if you're ever looking to get affiliated with a company, I would highly suggest emailing and finding like a direct email before you just slide in a DM. Make sure you're present on their page, liking their posts, commenting on them. I, I get thousands of likes. I couldn't tell you who likes my pictures every day besides probably my, my best friend, Emily, and my sister and myself on my other app or on my other account. So people aren't going to see who just likes your post. You have to make sure you're engaging with them. Um, same like with you guys, with me, you know, you're like, oh, I've messaged you before. It's like, First off, I don't see every message. Number two, have you ever commented on my stuff? Because I'll see almost every comment versus like DMs and likes. So same thing with a big company. Um, go right to the source, email them, give them about you, send them links. You know, here's my Instagram, here's my TikTok, here's my Twitter, here's my Facebook page, whatever it might be. Um, explain who you are. How can you add value? How can you be a dollar sign to them? At the end of the day, companies want to partner with people who they're going to get a return on. So for example, by Alani Nutrition sending me my product each month, I promote it, which then makes them money. I bring money into the company. So by them spending $150 on me, sending me pre-workout protein, protein bars, and a new shaker bottle, they're probably going to make 
quite a couple thousand dollars from me promoting it because I like it, right? That's how business works. So they're looking at people literally like a dollar sign, all right? You're gonna get people though in companies that care for you more than just a dollar sign, like Alani. I always feel very supported by them. They don't just view me as a way to get money. They just, they really support me as a person. Um, but that's kind of where you want to go. You want to make sure that you're showing and sharing with them how you can add value to them. Now that kind of goes hand in hand with growing your social media, because by having a little bit of a presence online, people are obviously going to be more apt to send you stuff, want to partner with you, etc. Nowadays, growing on Instagram is really fucking hard. Nonetheless, straight up damn near impossible. Unless you're, I say this every time, but dude, unless you're a Gymshark athlete, unless you're with like Alpha Elite um, or like really, really big companies that are constantly promoting you. So like you could be partnered with someone, but that doesn't mean they post you. So if you have a company that is legit promoting you, AKA Gymshark, I think they do a great job promoting all their athletes. No one's gonna really find your account anymore. Like it's hard. I've lost like 10,000 followers ever since I got pregnant. I've not gained like I've lost while gaining. So I just stay the same. I stay the fucking same. And truthfully, if I could go back, guys, I would not even have the amount of followers I do right now. I would not. I just, I don't give a fuck anymore. Um, I, I would rather have you guys here and the people on like my, per, my personal page that just ride with me and fucking love to see it, love to support me, fucking hype me up every day than having a bunch of random people who don't give a fuck about me except for free workouts. And that's it. So I'd rather have the relationship. So with you guys, if you're focusing on growing an account, um, maybe an online business, don't worry so much about the follower count. Worry about the relationship. You can have 1,000 followers. And if you could just get 20 of those people to buy a $10 program, that's $200. That's e like that's that could be easy for you. So don't be deterred away by having a low follower count. Focus on how you can aid to the people that are there, how you can support the people that are there. Not just for money, but what it ends up doing is turning into money because they want to support you. They want to hype you up. They want to purchase your programs. They want to purchase your merch. So you don't always have to promote. And I think that's what I love about you guys here is like I I don't really push my product's super fucking hard. Like granted guys, it's my business. Of course I'm going to do a few stories once in a while, or I'm going to plug this or plug that. But for the most part, you guys want to support me because you're here riding with me hard, not because I'm forcing shit down your throat. That's called a relationship. Um, so again, don't worry about the amount of people. Don't worry about growing your account to the biggest and having millions of followers because trust me, you don't want it. But focus on the people that are in front of you and how you can help them more. Hope that makes sense. <laughs> um, okay, deep thoughts with postpartum. Interesting. Why do we take beauty so seriously when our bodies are supposed to help us survive? Like our fat protects our organs, hair keeps us warm. I don't know, kind of deep thoughts with postpartum. I totally understand what you're saying because naturally think about the homo sapiens and the cavemen back in the day. They didn't have shit. They had two fucking sticks. They rubbed together to keep warm. They didn't have collagen. They didn't have fucking fish oil gummies. They didn't have this or that. Number one, a lot of beauty comes from society and that, that is, that's okay. That's okay. Cause at the end of the day, makeup, 
Botox, injections, whatever you decide to do, if that makes you feel beautiful, fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. However, I would say that our bodies aren't necessarily made to survive, to thrive after a certain point. Um, So as most of you guys know, when women hit the age of 30, osteoporosis percentages go up. Our bones start literally deteriorating. Um, Postpartum, we struggle with hair loss. We struggle with libido and hormonal stuff. So honestly, beauty products, different product supplementation in general that people and, you know, doctors have created that does help us survive and thrive. Our bodies couldn't do that for us. Right. So same with like collagen collagen depletes as we get older, our body stops making the same amount as it does with it when it's younger. So by supplementing with collagen, we allow our body the opportunity to still have it in a higher amount in our body. Again, something that our body wouldn't be able to naturally keep up with. So there's different things that our body does do that naturally, hell yeah, let it do its course. Let it do its, let it, let it do its thing. However, other things, yes, our, our scientists, our inventors have created a way to help our bodies thrive longer. Um, granted, then you throw in things like drinking, you throw in things like vaping, drugs, everything else in between. Sure. Um, we end up fucking our bodies over, but there is different things in like the beauty world that obviously, um, help our body thrive, maybe not necessarily survive, but thrive more. Make sense. Okay. Last few. Hmm. I will say too, I got a lot of questions about competing. I had a, um, competing podcast a few, maybe a few months ago. So if you guys are questioning, like, should I compete? Listen to that. What you need to know before com- competing bodybuilding one-on-one podcast that I have, I'll put them all in the show notes. Um, cause that's going to be a place where you can kind of listen and self-evaluate and be like, um, yeah, maybe fucking not. <laughs> um, so you can check that out hundred percent. Um, okay. Last one I'm going to going to talk about. Hmm. Eh. Okay. I don't feel like doing that one. Sorry. Sorry. Whoever that was. Hmm. Oh my gosh. This is so funny. How often do people run up to you and ask for photos and ask if you're Des B? <laughs> like fucking never. Number one, cause I'm like not out of the house. <laughs> I don't leave the house, but Number two, I feel like my followers are from such a wide range of places that it's not like I have a hardcore following in just Columbus or like just in Michigan. I will say probably like when I go home to Michigan, that's when I get the most like, oh my God, because that's probably, that's where I grew my Instagram mostly, right? Like at my home. However, if I'm just like out and about in Columbus, like people don't just come up to me. I'm like, guys, I'm not that, I'm not that popular. Like, I know you might be like, oh my God, everyone, well, how does, how does not everyone know you? I promise you, like, I'm not hot shit. I love my little slice of the world. Let me tell you, I love you guys that are here. I don't want any more with that. Um, as much as I used to think like, oh my God, I really want to be famous. Like all my life, I wanted to be famous. I wanted to be a, a singer. That's what I wanted to do. I did. I wanted to be a fucking singer. Like, 
show shows, doing shows, traveling to do shows, world fucking tour. That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a big singer like Avril Lavigne. She was my inspo. Um, now I look at where I'm at now and think of if I had millions and millions of eyeballs on me, no fucking thanks. So, um, as much as like, you might think like, Oh my God, you gotta be having people all the time. No. <laughs> Last one. Do you recommend a boob job before or after kids? Honestly, couldn't tell you guys that honestly yet. Um, I will let you know right now my boobs sometimes feel really hard because I like full of milk. And then sometimes when like after I pump or something like that, they feel very flat and deflated. So I can't say that I'm like, I don't know. I have the time I forget that I have had a boob job anyway. So it's not like I just like sit around and I'm like, Oh yeah, I've, my boobs are fake. Like half the time I forget, um, where if that, if that tells you anything, you know, obviously it doesn't make a huge difference. Um, but I will say as of now, I would say it doesn't matter as of now, I will definitely update you guys once I'm done like breastfeeding and kind of, you know, deciphering how that feels, um, and where my boobs go from there as I continue to like lose weight, gain it back, like whatever it might be. So I will keep you updated. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, like truthfully, if I have to go under again and like get my boobs fixed after say my next kid, like I wouldn't do it after Maddox. Like I would, if I had to get them fixed, I'm saying if I had to, I would get them done like after I'm done having kids. Like I would get them fixed after I'm done. That makes sense. I know you guys are like, okay, I get it. <laughs> um, but for the most part, as of now, I can say like, I'm, I'm good. So anyways, that's all I got for you guys. Quite a few others, but we'll do another podcast again. These are, these are fun to me. Um, I'm able to give you guys some advice, chat with you guys, hear maybe what you're going through, be able to support you in some way. And again, sometimes it's like, you know, the answer, but to just hear it from someone else sometimes feels really good. So I totally get it. I hope that I can give you some peace of mind, some ideas, some really anything. Um, but thank you again for tuning in. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, tag me, let me know that you listened to this. I would appreciate it. Um, and we'll chat soon.